There's a swing and a long one to left. Let's begin now. This is swinging a high fly ball to right. This is charged. Going back at the track. Slam. This is White Sox Weekly. They're leading on a home run by McCann. The Chicago baseball conversation on the flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. This ball's getting small. White Sox Weekly indeed. With you until 7.30 tonight. White Sox on the West Coast taking on the Los Angeles Angels. As the Sox and the Angels have split the first two games of the series. Sox trying to do it tonight with Hector Santiago on the mound. Dylan Cease will pitch that finale and then it's off to Minnesota. Uh, Let's not waste any time here. uh, As I believe Ed Farmer is standing by getting ready for the ball game. Farmio, are you there? I am. I have to be here. <laughs> I I hear a rumor, Ed Farmer, that, a rumor. that that you are willing to come on the show today for Chris DeFlores, our outstanding engineer, yeah. and despite of me, because I, you're still complaining about the coffee cake that I brought to the studio or brought to the to this to uh, the ballpark to your booth, booth four, that you did not like. Is this a true story? <laughs> Absolutely, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know if it was a coffee cake or a shoe. But see, Fabio, I I went out of my way. Yeah, to, don't go there anymore. To, I, to 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 bring you this delicious coffee cake. And normally, it's 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 fantastic. But you know, this one just was a little bit off. And uh, I, you a know, a little bit off. <laughs> it was okay. Well, please, it, the only thing missing was the tongue <laughs> and some laces. It, it was it was terrible. It was oh, it, 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 it was you it, admitted finally. I do. It was in, it yeah. was inedible. But but the thought of it was just so amazing yeah. and. Most I, people, I congratulated for you the thought. Right. Most don't pe- think like that ever again. But most people be like, Carmen, that was so sweet. That was so nice. Like I yeah. you know, your partner DJ, he never said a word. But, yeah, he but, suffered the next day, I can r- tell you that. Right, but you just you you're just all over my my positive good intentions with this with this deliciously no, no, terrible not good coffee cake. The coffee cake. <laughs> the intentions were great. Okay. Uh, what's uh, let, me, let me look at the schedule here. We got uh, we Just got go to Kirsten's Bakery and for, for Rich from now on. I know. Yeah, no problem. Well, see, here's the thing, uh, you know, as I look at the schedule Farmio, we got the Rangers coming to guaranteed rate field. So this yes, we do. this coming Sunday, you know what I'm I'm coming back in there with 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 coffee cake part 2. No, no, no. Please. The guard, is, the guard has already been told. He's carrying anything food-wise. Don't let him in. Really? They're not going to let me in? Yeah. I'll just bring whatever it is. You Tell me what you want. I'll go over to that bakery uh, right, I, at Burr Ridge. You know, you, you, I also, that day, I did bring bagels, for the record. They brought some delicious... Yeah, I didn't get one of those because they were too good. Right. It was like a, uh, yeah, it was a, it was it was a like a rugby. It was, it was a, a scrum to get those. And Mazur and Zaslowski were all over the, were all oh, over yeah. the bagels. Right. All right, here, let's, let's talk about the ball club. Lucas Giolito last night, Farmio, after the game, uh, he was saying that he wasn't uh, quite the same Lucas Giolito that he was in his previous start, which was yeah. which was incredibly dominant. Did you see the same thing? No, I, di- I didn't. I mean, he struck out 13. Last night, I think he got 11. Right. We're going to check that to no, make that's sure. Right. You're right. It's 11. He had 11 strikeouts. But uh, he doesn't have to have his best stuff to win. You know, I talk about it oftentimes. You're going to make 30 starts, say that. Ten of them are going to You're going to have great stuff. That doesn't mean you win. But if you get six or seven wins, you're ahead of the game. And then you're going to have 10 where your stuff is really good, or just really good. 
but not sensational like it was in the first 10. You're going to win five or six of those. That's 13. And now he's got 10 left, and he's going to have to make it up, or he's going to pitch great, and he's going to win 20 games. I talked to him about a half hour ago about that. And he goes, 20 games? I said, yeah, absolutely, you can get that. He goes, I don't think I have enough starts left. I think I think you've got eight. And if you've got eight, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to talk to Renneria. If somebody's going to get a win, I'll bring you in in the fourth with two outs. <laughs> and have you win 20 games, yeah. Well, and... Okay, that's there's a lot of interesting things you just said there. No, number one, you know, there's this movement in baseball, Ed Farmer. Wins are not important. It's not indicative of how good a starting pitcher is. I and still why do we keep score. I see. I still think that wins are a stat that matters. I understand you can pitch great and lose, but there is something to the guy that wins games three two versus ones that lose them three two because they allow the base hit with the runner on second. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, there's no question. You're absolutely right. When you get to the spot that you have to get to, which is the fifth or sixth inning, some guys can't make it through the fifth inning. When you get guys who can finish a game, they're making it sixth now or seven, and the bullpen comes in. Yesterday was bummer, and uh, after that, the slam put it so far to right or out of uh, working habits for the Angels. We could use someone to close it out, and they did. Well, speaking of the slam, uh, James McCann's coming on the show later today, Farmio. How much do you – now, Lucas has got to throw the ball, and, and there's other guys on the staff that – well, at least Ronaldo Lopez early in the year regressed. Yeah. So if you're going to give credit to something, then you have to like, well, what about, what about Lope? You know, James McCann didn't help him. But how much impact do you think he has had on Lucas specifically and I guess the staff as a whole? I think he has a lot. I mean, he's an all-star catcher. He's hitting well. Uh, he went into that slump for about 10 days and started going back to right field. And uh, now that he's back on, you've got Abreu hitting, and you've got McCann hitting, and you've got the kid in left field who's working on it. He's learning how to face some of the guys and not there yet. He's doing it just because he's swinging a bat. They've got tremendous talent, as Eloy Jimenez. But when you see McCann catching... It's more of catching that I like than his hitting. His hitting's been sensational. Yeah, he's, a, he's hit two slams in the past six days. Yep. No, Some guys never get one. Right, right. Uh, and he's been consistent all season long. Carm, if you watch him behind home plate, very quiet, not moving around. Mm-hmm. And the ball in the dirt, he stopped one last night with runners on. It bounced in front of home plate three or four feet. Have you been on the bus when he does his karaoke, Farmio? No, no, no. No, no. You're not on that bus? I have not. I don't want to be on that bus. That's the bus where a lot of things happen. Okay. But no, they're in the back of the plane. They're doing whatever they want, whatever they want to some extent. What's it? What's the it? Boom work, boom box working, and uh, they're back there having a good time. What, what's an Ed Farmer protocol on the plane? I, I, I feel like you're sitting down. you got a nice peanut there, maybe a little, uh, little headphones on. Uh, pay, paint a picture of Farmio on the plane. I get down, and there's a down comforter there for me with a uh, large pillow, not the one used uh, in regular flight, you know, where it's six inches long and it's made out of air. I've got a regular first-class pillow back there, Mm -hmm. and I put that uh, down comforter around my shoulders, and I go to sleep. I rarely see a full trip. DJ, this one coming up tomorrow to Minneapolis? Yeah. I probably won't see any of it. (laughs) No, no. 
don't see any of it. DJ tell you a little night-night story before? Yeah, he, he just whispers something in my ear like, you're not falling asleep, are you? Yes, I am. Do you, do you guys sit next to each other on the flight? That's like No, get... he sits in front of me. Okay, We're okay. in row 23 on the exit row. Okay. Uh, I can stretch out there, and I'm going to fall asleep. It just depends on when. I try to play cards for a little bit, and then I'll tell the, the tech, Joe Bonilla, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. Good night. Yeah. And he will uh, he'll find something else to do. I don't know why I find that like just such a glamorous lifestyle, but there's something about being on the plane that I just find to be like that's got to come on, it's got to be great. You're on the plane, you got the guys around. Yeah, no, it, yeah, they're back there. I've had that already. Where I've been in the back of the plane, that's their deal. Right. I don't want to encroach anything on the on the players of today. Right. So I leave them alone. And uh, Castillo came up, talked to me the other day. About a couple of things, and he goes, "What do you think?" And I, I told him what I thought. He started smiling, and he goes, "You like this?" I said, "I do." And uh, I said, "You're hitting, but you're not hitting for an average. But every one of your hits seems to score a run, with few exceptions. I, you know, you're not going to get all those hits. But he's done a magnificent job for us as well." What What do guys tend to want to know, Farmy, when they do approach you? Uh, they want they most of them don't know I played. Right, and most of them have heard me when they're designated hitters in the clubhouse, but I don't. I'm not going in the clubhouse. I went in there today uh, to see Renteria and to see Giolito, because I've often said to Lucas, uh, you know, when he assigned that run earlier in the year, I'd say to him, uh, "You ready to pitch today?" And he'd say, "Yeah." I said, "I'm not asking you to be the best pitcher in baseball. Can you be the best pitcher here today?" It's guaranteed right field. If you can do that, we're going to win. We can do great things. And now he comes walking by me to see if I'm going to say it again. For the most part, I tell him again. I told him today, I said, 20 games, got it? You're going to win 20 games. Set your sights on that. But look at it microscopically. Win the next start, and then the next start. Then you got 15 wins. Then you only have to get five. And he goes, that's simple. I said, so is the game. If you have talent. I said, if you don't have talent, it's not easy. Ed Farmer, voice of the White Sox, the radio voice with us here at 720 WGN. It's White Sox Weekly. My name is Mark Carmen. Thanks for checking out the show here. Uh, how would you say, Farmio, well, you're, you're talking about like setting goals. I'm curious, yeah. like you know, like back in your day, where how would you would you map out your season as far as like what you wanted to accomplish beforehand? I'm, I map it out to some extent, Carm. Um, in 19, uh, 1979, I saved 14 games in a half season, and I came home. And the guys who rehabbed me from uh, ro- serious rotator cuff surgery, uh, I started throwing two days post post surgery. I still have the sutures in my shoulder, but I needed to get going. So my friends wanted to go to the All-Star game, which was at Dodger Stadium. I've never had a wish to do that, never. I just, uh, not that I didn't think it was a showpiece for baseball, it was, but I had no intention of making the All-Star game until that year. And I wrote down 17 saves on a piece of paper and five wins. Uh-huh. Because my friends had to go to the game, they rehabbed me, They co- it was sold out. So I knew I could get tickets if I made the All-Star team. And what I wrote down, I looked at once a month. Uh huh. October, November, December, January, February, went to spring training, March. And we played the Orioles in Chicago. I think I saved uh, two games in that series. 
and they called me a week before the All-Star game. I was I had 17 saves, five wins, and I won the game on Sunday prior to leaving for Los Angeles. I went to the All-Star game. I think it was either leading or second in saves, and uh, I, had, I was I had 17 saves, and I was six and one going to the All-Star game. I think so that's, that's what the they call the goal I've really set, other than trying to get them out because 24 guys were counting on me. The manager and the coaches were counting on me. In the city of Chicago, as I grew up a White Sox fan, they were counting on me to get the job done. I couldn't let them down. Could not. I think that's called speaking it or writing it, in this case, into existence, Ed Farmer. Yeah, that's what it is. If you can see it, you can do it. If you're abstract with it, where you're just in a dark room and you're trying to find a door, you're not going to find it. But if you know where the door is in a dark room, you will find it. Yeah. And before you run, just a couple more questions on the field. What what have you seen with Yvonne Nova that he's turned it around? Oh, with Nova? He's charging a strike zone. He's not working deep in counts. He's using that uh, change-up to magnificent prowess, and his fastball has a little jump to it. He's one game under 500, and he's come a long way. For a while there, he had not won a game at guaranteed rate field, but he's about to even his record at nine now. Yep, uh, and I, I mean, I just was very impressed. And maybe the Astros perhaps were a little bit tired in game two of the doubleheader on Tuesday. It seemed like they were, you know, maybe ready to uh, get on home. But, I mean, br- to breeze through that lineup as quickly as he did, I, I, I was... That was a big-time performance, and you're going to... Oh, yeah, no question. We were tired also. Let's not forget that. That's true, too. Yeah, we were tired, and, uh, you know, we did beat Houston for the series uh, played all year. Yep. I believe it was four games to three. Yep. And we won the season series against the Astros, and I'm sure they're not using that as a crutch that they were tired, but they weren't strong either that day. Neither were we, but we won. Yeah, let's wrap up on this. White Sox coming into tonight, eleven under at fifty-five and sixty-six. Yes. What do you think the players? How do you think they approach the the end of the season? I mean, they're not they're not uh, delusional. They know that they're not going to the playoffs this year. There's also a ton of pride in the room and performance. So, but it, and then and then there's the fact that they do play one hundred and sixty-two games. It is a grind. How do you? How do you think they'll go about keeping their focus from August seventeenth to uh, the final, and you know, to the end of September here? Hopefully, we're going to get everybody back, Mancata included, right? And we can play a little bit better than what we were playing when we were missing a few guys from the puzzle. And now they're coming back, and we're playing better baseball. Mancata is a key at third base. There's no question. He was a key at second base, above average runner, above average thrower, above average batter with home runs. And he's got above-average speed, so he can go and get you on the base paths. And he finds another gear. And he's got gold-glove hands. That you cannot replace. And Goins has done a nice job at third base for us. Mancata, I'm waiting for him to come back because not only is he a good player, he's a great guy as well on this ball club. Not a lot of five-tool third basemen out there either. No, no. No, no. Usually they find someone who was playing shortstop or second base. The camp player over there, they restrict his range because of the shortstop who can cover a lot of ground. That's Tim Anderson. With Mankato over there, he cuts a lot of those balls off where Tim doesn't have to get it, and then there are some that he doesn't, and Tim gets it and still throws him out. Farmer, you have a great call tonight. Say hi to DJ for me, and uh, I'll see you with that coffee cake next Sunday. <laughs> Bring it only if you're going to bring it in a shoebox. I'll see you. I'll see you, I'll see you next Sunday. Thank you. Ed.
Appreciate okay. it. Thanks. Ed Farmer, Radio Voice, your Chicago White Sox. I'm telling you, it, 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 was, uh, it, was, it was an anomaly. I know how to pick out a good coffee cake. I do, Curtis. Just a, it was just an unfortunate situation that that particular cake had been sitting there for a long time, and uh, it went awry. I'm going to come back strong, though, next Sunday. Hey, uh, Elvis night is Friday, August 23rd. That's uh, a week from yesterday at Guaranteed Rate Field. You can join us in remembering the king of rock and roll as the Sox take on the Texas Rangers, 7, 10 p.m., the first pitch. Be sure to stay for the post-game fireworks show presented by Beggar's Pizza. Visit WhiteSox.com to purchase purchase your tickets today. Uh, just a little rundown on the show today. Andrew Dahlquist, who was the White Sox third-round draft pick out of California. He was going to go to Arizona. He'll be on the program at, uh, I think we're going to do 7 o'clock tonight with Andrew. We are going to hear from James McCann uh, coming up at 6.30. After 6 o'clock, Bill Walton was on the broadcast last night. As you probably know, Jason Benetti and Bill Walton on White Sox TV. We've got some of the best of Bill Walton, and I've got a question for you as to who you would like to see to be the next uh, Bill Walton. Who would you like to see? A famous person, could be a Sox fan, doesn't even have to be a Sox fan. Bill Walton isn't some diehard White Sox fan, but I think everybody enjoyed the Bill Walton experience. So that's coming up to White Sox Weekly with you till 7.30 on 7.20 WGN. I apologize on behalf of the human race for destroying your broadcast and I hope I don't ruin your career, which I think I've already let that bus go by. There he is. Bill Walton. The one and only. I was so entertained last night. It was kind of funny. I didn't watch. Right? I didn't catch it on live, but there someone posted highlights to Facebook, and I'm like, actually, he's if he if he had spent some time prepping, he wouldn't be at all that bad. Yeah, and he listen. He's and he was just having he was having a goof day. It, it was fun for him, right? It was a goof day. Well said. It's a it's a once a year. Bill Walton, Steve Stone's taking the weekend off extravaganza. Sign me up. I do it again. Uh, which is a fair question, by the way, for you out there. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Do you want? Would you want to repeat Walton phone line text line three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred? I have one other question too. Uh, Ed Farmer didn't like my coffee cake, and I've seen this. Oh, he laughed. This, no, but he didn't like. He really did not like my coffee cake, Jennings. He's not playing around. That coffee cake was was he he meant everything he said about that coffee cake. Oh, uh, so seven oh eight's texting and can't go wrong with an Entenmann's coffee cake. So now I'm thinking about where, where where's the best coffee cake. I got. I'm not gonna out where I got my coffee cake because I think they do make a great coffee cake. But I am now curious. Best coffee cake in the city. What do you got? 312-981-7200. I want to deliver it to Farmio next weekend. Uh, let's get a check of news in two minutes on 720 WGN. Game time at nine with two down. And the pitch is swinging a high fly ball to right. This is charged. Going back at the track. Slam. Socks. They're leading on a home run by McCann. I thought he was going to throw a fastball. Whatever he threw him, it went out of here to the Astros' bullpen. Turn on the fireworks. That was a big one this week. James McCann coming up on the show a little bit after 6.30. Mark Harmon with you. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Phone number is 312-981-7200. If you want to weigh in on Bill Walton, 
listen, Steve Stone, at least in my mind, and I think in most people's mind, is a phenomenal broadcaster and does a great job. And his chemistry with Jason Benetti is incredibly strong. And no one's trying to get rid of Steve Stone. Not in the least. However, Steve Stone doesn't need to work 162 ball games at this point in his career. He can take a weekend off. Even if you want to take a week off, I'd say you've earned the right, Stoney. Do what you want. Have a little time in the summer. You're, you know, you're 70 plus years old. Do your thing. And the White Sox have a bunch of people that they could consider not to fill in. You could, you know, go old. You could go standard, bring in Tom Pachorek, which I think is great. Or you could do something as nuts as Bill Walton. And we're going to hear some Bill Walton in a second, but let me remind you that Sox fans, fantasy football season's right around the corner. That's right, fantasy football season. So you can come out and host your league's fantasy draft in style. The private diamond suites are available Saturday, August the 24th. The package includes food, drinks, and more. Everything you need to create your dream team. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash football, or you can call 312-674-1000. Now, if you missed Bill Walton last night, I've got nine cuts here, varying lengths. First one is labeled wrong direction. Let me hear wrong direction, Curtis. It was two hours, 56 minutes, and the Sox came back in the ninth and nearly won. Yeah! Oh, wrong direction. Sorry. See, that's authentic, excited, in the moment, wrong direction. Do you know what, do you remember what actually happened on that play, Curtis? Yeah, it was a, he was hoping for a home run, but it was a foul ball literally straight back <laughs> over the netting, over the, into the stands, foul ball. That was just a foul ball. Yeah, and he was like, oh, wrong direction, because like, it has to be fair, not forward. Not That's forward. true. Yeah. Backwards is foul. So he got that excited on a foul ball. That's yes. am- that's amazing. All right, this is Bill Walton on bunts. But uh, I'm not ziplining. What offense? This is brilliant. And the Sox get a run. And a safe call at first. Yomer Sanchez back-to-back brilliant. bunts. Give Ricky a contract extension. Oh my gosh! This is a strategic victory. So, so there you go, Bill Walton loving the sacrifice bunt, uh, which was uh, from Yolmer. That was in the fourth inning, and I don't know if anyone has been on radio and/or TV who's been yelling for Ricky to get an extension. Who just got one last year? I don't. Ricky doesn't need more paper, but hey, Bill's out there for him. God bless him. All right, this is for Lucas Giolito and the strikeout record. Another strikeout. What is the record for the most strikeouts in a single inning? Uh, Currently three. (laughs) See, see, Jason is actually wrong on that. I think that's the first time that Benetti had a little bit of a faux pas because the record is is four. You know that you can strike somebody out and the ball can go to the backstop and you can be safe. Actually... Technically, it could be infinity. You can do that all day long, and people keep on striking out and scoring runs and whatnot. But uh, in the spirit of Bill Walton asking the question, I think that was the right answer, that it was three. Uh, All right, let me get number four. He's falling in love by the breath. There it goes. There it goes. Deep to left. There it goes. And gone. Gone. Oh, my gosh. You called the 
gaffers. Is that what it's called? That one you called. I to called Saturn. Grand Slam. Grand Slam. Oh my gosh. Put Ricky in the Hall of Fame today after his contract extension. What a fantastic turn of events. If you love the Chicago White Sox, and I'm falling in love. There you go, Bill Walton. Fall in love. Falling in love by the breath. Uh, that was the grand slam from James McCann last night in the eighth inning that made it 7-2, to two and Bill was losing his mind. Uh, number five is labeled extending the lead, Bill Walton. Come on, put it out of there. There he oh, goes. Away. This Here is good. He's down. He's safe. Yeah. And the White Sox extend this insurmountable lead. I, I'm assuming that made it three to one. Is that the uh, was that the three one? That was the pass ball. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, good lord, you you can't. I, I wonder, like, does he wake up in the morning? I just did some research. Like, is Bill Walton married? I mean, what's it like? And, and Bill Walton's been married since 1990. It's his second marriage uh, to Lori Matsuoka. Can you imagine waking up to Bill Walton every morning? It's it's already the sun is out. I mean, I don't know. What, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's, it's seven o'clock and the coffee is brewing. Let's go. I, I, I see. I don't think it's an act. Like I think this is just him. You can't be like that just when the mic's on. It's got to be natural, right? Uh, this is the uh, this is the opening of the broadcast. I'm Bill, and this is my great friend, the true giant among us, a brilliant genius, one who's able to create beauty. Beauty out of darkness. And your name? It's Jason Still. Okay, and so I'm Bill, and we're in California. And they're wearing tie-dyes, and we're going to do a broadcast. The next one is Bill Walden actually likes, uh, yes, he likes to um, be high. And you figure yes! out a way. There's base We're hit. on our way. That's your guy, Print James the McCann. Banner. Is that the catcher? It is. I tell you. Uh, yeah, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low. I mean, just you way to go, Bill. Be you, buddy. And we got two more for you. He loves the Beach Boys. Beach Boys was my first concert. Oh, the Beach Boys. Help me run. Bar, 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 That's how I feel about the Beach Boys. I don't know how you feel about the Beach Boys, but I love Barbara Ann. Help me, Rhonda. Yeah, two great calls by Bill. And uh, this is Bill Walden's goodbye. I apologize on behalf of the human race for destroying your broadcast, and I hope I don't ruin your career, which I think I've already let that bus go by. Oh, you didn't ruin the broadcast, Bill Walden. You made it better. 312-981-7200. Did Bill Walton make your Friday night White Sox TV viewing extravaganza better. Now, I was on with John Williams uh, earlier today. I was doing sports this morning. Uh, John did not enjoy the broadcast as much. He went sound down. There are texts coming in here saying, no more Walton. And then I'm getting 708. Bill Walton should be on once a week. And this uh, 708, different 708. Where can we go to get those Sox t-shirts they wore last night in the broadcast booth? Good question. Those were sweet. And another 708. He's definitely an up-and-coming Bob Euchre. Now, that might be a little bit too tall. Bob Euchre, one of the greatest broadcasters in the history of baseball. But as a as an elite once-a-year broadcaster, Walton could be there. Now, I've got a list of people that I think the White Sox should, should consider. 
in addition to Bill Walton. So we're going to do that coming on back here. But I'm also open to suggestions. Who would you like to see get an opportunity to entertain you? Think that one through. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. But, uh, I'm not zip What offense? This is brilliant. And the Sox get a run. And a safe call at first. Yolmer Sanchez back-to-back brilliant. Give Ricky a contract extension. Oh, my gosh. This is a strategic victory. Our celebration of Bill Walton is sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Mark Carvin with you on White Sox Weekly. James McCann coming up after the 6.30 news. And then Andrew Dahlquist, the White Sox third-round draft pick, will be with us after 7 o'clock tonight. All right, we got... More games to play here, and so we need more White Sox celebrities. As this thing continues to build and more attention is going to be on the White Sox, and Steve Stone perhaps will continue to want to take days off. So let's we're looking ahead to next season here, team. Who would you like to see sit next to Jason Benetti for a night? Phone line, text line, 312-981-7200. Now I've got my list here. Number one on the list is, I think, the most famous White Sox fan of all time. There is a picture of him up at the ballpark when you walk in, and that would be Barack Obama. How awesome would it be if Barack came out of whatever he's doing nowadays to call a White Sox game in the booth? That'd be incredible, right? Curtis, you down with Barack? I am down for it. That sounds awesome. All right. Secondly, let's. Uh, I think that Bill Walden should be back next year. That's, uh, let, we, let's, let's do part two and see how that goes. Another politician in this city who's a diehard White Sox fan that I wouldn't mind seeing in there. Not necessarily for the whole game, but I don't know what Richard Daly's doing nowadays, but that's a name that's a a White Sox fan. Now, off the White Sox, uh, you know, not necessarily diehards here, how cool would it be if the White Sox brought in Megan Rapinoe? That'd be cool. Right? How How about Snoop Dogg? Would, be would Snoop Dogg not be incredible to have in there? Are you sure he could keep up? I don't need him to keep up. Just be yeah, you do. Nah, just be, let just him be, a little. Just yeah, he'll keep up. He's Snoop. You wouldn't want to hear Snoop in there. No, I'll pass. Really? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'd lo- I'd love to hear Snoop Dogg. What about Charles Barkley? Can I get Charles Barkley doing a White Sox game? Okay. Wouldn't that be incredible? Okay. That one I can go for. Okay, all right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of great Chicagoans who are White Sox fans. Let's go. Can I get Mister T in there? Is he still? <sighs> can T still bring it? I'm not sure if he can or can't. <sighs> but I'd love to see Mister T. Uh, Mark, I'm not sure about that. One. Not, you know, <laughs> you're not, not sure. feeling. Not so sure. You're not feeling T. No, 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 no. All right. No, no, no. Can I get? Uh, how about can I get Michelle Obama? Okay. Can we maybe we'll make it a tan and we'll make Barack and Michelle. How about the mayor? She said she's a White Sox fan. I we totally down. Let let's go. Let's go, Lori Lightfoot. You can let's let's have a let's let's do the middle innings. You know, they're doing Field of Dreams. Can we get Kevin Costner in the booth? How about a Kevin Costner? Will, will, that, will he do it in character? It was great, even better. That's a phenomenal idea. 
I wouldn't mind seeing Ozzie Guillen do a whole game. That'd be fun. Wouldn't that be? I mean, I, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's. I have. I have Bo Jackson down as well. You know, who's a deep diehard White Sox fan who absolutely despises the Cubs and and lets everybody know about it. Frank Kaminsky. That would be interesting. That'd be really fun to see. All right, I don't know that name. He's he's a basketball player. Ah. Um, not 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 as not as famous as another basketball player that I'll name. Uh, can we get Michael Jordan to come on back here? It was a Birmingham Baron, wore the uni. He's you know him and Jerry are buddies. Why can't we get Mike to do one game? Benetti and MJ. I'm sure Benetti would. I think Jason would probably sign up for that one. What about Shaq? I feel like Shaq, Shaq would be, be incredible. Shaq, that be great? Shaq would be amazing. That would be a phenomenal hire. One game, Shaquille O'Neal. Charles Barkley, yes. I, no. I said I said Charles oh, already. That, sorry. Uh, another Chicagoan. Give me Chance the Rapper in the booth. That'd be cool. Right? I mean, I'm working here, team. Okay. I, I'd like to see Tony La Russa do a game. Give me old school Tony. He spoke beautifully at Harold Baines' ceremony the other day. Tony's, you know, Tony could carry a broadcast. Jerry Springer's a diehard White Sox fan. That's a little bit off the beaten path. I don't know if I need Jerry, but that's that. That's no, that wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be, be interesting? Be interesting. Wouldn't, wouldn't Jerry be interesting? It would be interesting. Jenny McCarthy, huge White Sox fan. Let's get some. You know, they'll get a little female flavor going on here too. I like Dwayne Wade in the booth. Chicagoan played for the Bulls. There's relationship there. So I'm working hard here, team. I'm, I'm I'm trying to. I think wasn't former Mayor Daly a White Sox fan? Yeah, that's uh, that's Richard Daly. So I got in there. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred phone line text line. Mike Ditka. Uh, that would be kind of scary. I don't think. Yeah, that that's good. no. That. He, I don't know that he's got the. I, I, you bring his name, and the first thing that comes into my head is the seventh inning stretch that he sang. Yeah, and and it was. I loved it. Interesting. I loved it, but he's getting a little. He's getting a little up there. Let's be honest. Uh, Illinois native Danica Patrick is a diehard Sox fan. Says the seven oh eight. I don't know if that's true or not, but if either way, I would take Danica Patrick. She's very entertaining. What about uh, comedian Jim Gaffigan? Jim Gaffigan's a White Sox fan. Yeah. That would make sense. He's from Elgin. He's from the Chicago area. Right. 708's loving Springer. I, these are... AJ Pruszynski's name is being thrown out here. Oh, I, Mr. T. I, I said Mr. T. Oh, Love I Mr. T. Miss, keep missing these moments. Ditka or Ozzy Osbourne. It's actually Ozzy's... Uh, I think it's the 14th anniversary of the, of the seventh inning stretch that he did at Wrigley. That was enough of him doing... Uh, Baseball in Chicago. I don't think he could quite carry a, a game with with Jason. Eight four seven says Ditka is a Cub fan. I, Ditka doesn't know who he's a fan of. Come on, he's he, he'd gladly go over to the White Sox. Um, How about Dennis DeYoung? That would be cool. That would be cool. You know, uh, I we did White Sox weekly with with uh, with, with with Richard Roper. Jesse Jackson? Mm-hmm. Jesse would probably say yes to that. <laughs> that would be my guess. 
Uh, he is a White Sox fan. I don't know about Jesse's kind of soft spoken these days. I don't know if that would quite work. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, let's bring back some old school guys from the team. Give me Mark Burley. Give me Paul Canerco. I would love to see Dick Allen from way back. Give me Frank Thomas for a game. I wouldn't mind seeing Bill Melton get in there. Common is a big White Sox fan. Got a lot of options here, team, as we think through the Bill Walton experience. Experience. So, all right, Sox fans, join us for the inaugural Shy Sox Craft Beer Fest. That's Saturday, September 14th. Sample beers from over 35 local breweries while enjoying food, games, and entertainment in the park. A limited number of VIP passes are available, which includes a meet and greet with the Hall of Famer, Frank Thomas. You do have to be 21 and over. Uh, get your tickets today at whitesox.com slash beerfest. And join us on Saturday, August 24th, that's a week from today, as the Sox take on the Texas Rangers, Six ten first pitch for that one. Be one of the first 10,000 fans, 21 and over, to receive a White Sox beer stein presented by Budweiser. White Sox fans, this Bud's for you. Purchase tickets at WhiteSox.com today. David Jennings has a check of news coming on up here. And a reminder, coming up after 6.30, James McCann, uh, who's going to take time before the game tonight, which is super generous of him. So we'll hear from James uh, coming up here uh, right after 6.30. And Andrew Dahlquist, I think you'll enjoy that conversation coming up after 7. Young guy, drafted in the third round by the White Sox, did not expect to be anywhere close to the position that he is in life right now. Late bloomer, and all of a sudden he shot up the draft charts and he was planning on going to college, and the Sox draft him, and he asked for some dough, and the White Sox were willing to pay it, and uh, he is on the path to uh, going to the big leagues. So it's a pretty cool story, and very well-adjusted young man. Let's take a quick timeout. News is next, 720 WGN. And the pitch. Slider drilled high and deep. Left center field way back and out of here. A three-run home run off of the bat of James McCann, a hanging slider. You hang him, and he hung it out to wash. Bomb to left, 3 nothing Sox. Been quite the season for James McCann. First All-Star game. And really been rolling all year long, and he's joining us now ahead of the White Sox and the Angels on 720 WGN. We really appreciate him taking time right before the game tonight. James, thanks for jumping on. We always appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So two grand slams in three days. Did you ever do that in in Little League, high school, anywhere? (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever done that in my career, not even in my dreams have I done that. Yeah, so I, I'm assuming you weren't trying to hit one last night or even against the Astros earlier in the week. No, no, honestly, uh, just trying to get a, a good pitch to handle, and uh, you know, thankfully it uh, ended up being being one that I, I didn't miss. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you went through one little stanza here where the batting average was starting to come down a little bit. I thought that you know maybe uh, you were trying to figure some stuff out, and it seems like you have. Is, is that accurate? That were you even? Did you even feel like you were in, in, in a mini slump at all? Yeah, um, you know, things uh, coming out of the All Star break didn't uh, didn't go as well as I would have liked, uh, and it, it kind of got to a point where I was maybe trying to do a little too much, and 
you know, here recently, it's just been kind of get back to, to who I was and and let the game come to me and and don't try and uh, don't try and do too much. Stay within myself. I mean, I, that's got to be a huge confidence boost, right? To 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 uh, start out strong and then you have a little bit of a slump, like oh, and what am I? You know, am I going to be able to get myself out of it? And how long is it going to take? And then, I mean, you did it pretty quickly. I, I would think that would give you some, you know, a pretty solid feeling that. Uh, you know what you you know how to get out of those slumps when they come in the future because it's you know it's no baseball player doesn't go through a season where things don't take a turn for the worse at least for a period of time it's how quick you get out of it yeah and that's uh that's the truth the the the, the game uh, the just the the way things go is is it's like a roller coaster there's going to be ups there's going to be downs um and it's all about how you limit the, those downs and, and extend those those up periods uh it's a lot easier said than done but uh you know the, the big thing is Staying confident and uh, you know not not sinking into the, those those down periods too much. White Sox got your James McCann with us here on White Sox Weekly. Talk about the experience of being an All Star. I, I I don't know if you had that as a goal coming into the season, but uh, on some level you, you you couldn't have expected to be there and you earned your way and just to get to do that that is a, a tremendous moment of validation for all the work you've done. Yeah, it's a it's a dream come true. Um, it was an experience that I'll never forget, that my family will never forget. Uh, and honestly, that that's probably the the highlight of the experience was was being able to enjoy it with uh, with my entire family, uh, take my sons onto the field during uh, home run derby and and watch their excitement, uh, just being around the game of baseball. And uh, you know, like I said, there's memories that we created for for those several days that I'll never forget. Anybody come up to you and have a conversation that sticks out? Um, and you know the the guys on, on that on that American League team that that uh, were there, I've I've gotten to know well playing against them for so many years. Um, so just kind of getting reunited with uh, with the the guys that I was former teammates with, uh, guys like JD Martinez and uh, Verlander and Shane Green, uh, but also getting to to kind of pick the brains of of guys that uh, you know I just see on a on a on an annual basis and kind of listen to. To their stories and listen to how they go about things. Um, those are the, the conversations that I'll always remember. Did you tell Verlander that you guys were going to win the season series against them? <laughs> no, you know we didn't. We didn't talk about that. Um, but uh, that was definitely a, a big series series win for us. Yeah, I, I would think that that's got to mean a little, at least a little something in the locker room. I mean, I know it's a long season; you're always getting ready for the next game. But to to beat the Astros uh, on the season, one of the best teams in baseball, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, it uh, you know it goes to show uh, what what we're capable of as a team, and obviously uh, something to grow on, something to to continue to, uh, to 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 strive and get better for. White Sox catcher James McCann with us here on seven twenty WGN for a couple more minutes. What what are you seeing from Lucas as of late? Thirteen Ks and then eleven. It's it's that uh, you got to go back to two thousand seven stat wise for a White Sox right hander who's thrown. Uh, that many strikeouts in a two-game span. Uh, it's, it's Javi Vasquez all the way back in 2007. I mean, Lucas is he's, he's putting guys down. I don't know if you think that's you know the best way for him to go about it because he does pile up his pitches. You know when he's striking on that many guys out. Well, I think uh, you know the the big thing for him is um, you know every time he takes a mound, uh, doing whatever it takes to to give our our team a chance to win, and that's what he's really bought into. Um, you know, obviously he likes to strike guys out. What pitcher doesn't? But uh, I think he also understands the importance of 
of pitch efficiency and, and finding a way to get deep into a ball game um, and, and keeping keeping their offense at bay to let our give our offense a chance to to get some runs. I mean, similar to you, he he came out of the All Star break and struggled a little bit. Was what were the conversations like between you and him if if, if there was anything going on? Very similar to to the same thing that that uh, I was going through, uh, trying to do too much, trying to. Uh, you know, it's the it's like the that bat where the pitcher throws the the perfect slider 0-1 and then tries to make the the 0-2 slider uh, even better and and ends up making a mistake hanging middle and gets hurt because of it. Um, when you try and do too much, a lot of times you uh, you know you're not as good and, and that's kind of what we were both going through. Is uh, things didn't get off to the, the the right start that we wanted and try to do a little too much and next thing you know you're going down the wrong path and it was. Is finding a way to, to correct that path and get get on the right one. And two guys who have corrected their paths as of late. I mean, Ivan Nova's been on a roll, and the same thing for Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, I don't I don't know of what you're seeing with them, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you know, it seems like a at least especially with 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 Lope, that he flipped a switch here after the All Star break and is just a, a different guy. Gotten back to you know who he was last year. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt. Uh, he, they've both been throwing the ball really well. Uh, Lopi's done a, a very nice job. Um, I, I think the big thing for him is, uh, you know, mechanically he's been uh, very consistent, and that was one of the, the things that he struggled with um, early on. Is uh, one start he'd be locked in, and the next start his mechanics would change a little bit, and, and that would uh, affect his his, uh, his his pitches and, and making mistakes over the middle of the plate and getting hurt. Uh, and that's why he's done so well here recently. Is uh, you know not making those same type of mistakes. Two more questions for James McCann, and we'll let you get uh, ready for the game tonight. There's a lot of talk right now, James, about robot umpires, and you know there's always missed calls, but it's it seems like it's even magnified nowadays. And they're trying it in the Atlantic League. You're back there every night. How do you feel about that potentially coming to baseball down the line? Oh man, that's a that's a tough conversation to have. Um, I honestly uh, I don't know which which way I really. Uh, Kind of, kind of fall into which which side of the argument I fall into. Um, I understand the the thought process behind uh, having a, a quote unquote perfect strike zone, but I also um, a little bit more old school, and uh, I understand that there's a, a human element to the game. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there, there's a right answer uh, one way or the other. Yeah, and and lastly, here you, you guys are coming in tonight. You're you're eleven under. I mean, everybody knows you're not going to the playoffs this year, but how are you looking at? The rest of the season, I, I know that you just go out and you try to win a ball game each day, but uh, as far as just taking this team and establishing it to go into next season where there's going to be expectations on this team to be a playoff team next year, how, how are you looking at the last uh, month and a half here? Well, I think the big thing is just continuing to grow as a team, continuing to, to create the culture that we want to have here, um, but taking things that we can build on uh, you know, into next spring training and into next year. Uh, you know the the series against the Astros is a perfect example. Um, you know that's something we'll be able to to fall back on as a team, and uh, you know the the growth that comes in, in those tight games and the growth that comes from uh, you know playing together as a group. That that's what we're going to continue to build on, and uh, like I said, move forward and don't look back. You enjoy it in Chicago, right? You're not looking to leave, are you? I, I love Chicago. I love Chicago. <laughs> James, thanks as always. Great to talk to you. Good luck tonight, and we appreciate the time. All right, y'all take care. We will. James James McCann, White Sox catcher, one of class acts in the game. Uh, I'm curious where people are at on the robot umpire conversation. Do you, as the baseball fan, do you want 
the robot umpire. So every pitch is decided by a computer that is more accurate than a human. So they get it right 99.9999999% of the time, rather than, let's call it 95.6% of the time. But that 4% difference could come at really key moments that can cost your team a ball game. I personally am in favor of it. Give me the robot. I don't want necessarily guys losing jobs who do a good job, but there's also this thing in baseball where they're grandfathered in. Guys like Angel Hernandez who've been back there forever and make brutal calls nightly seemingly, but yet they have their jobs. I don't quite understand why there is such loyalty when there's a million guys who are toiling in AAA and AA, single A, wanting, waiting for a chance. And yes, it's a hard job, but it's it's a job that can be learned. It's not like you can it's not like there's some elite talent back there. Very, very good. They've worked incredibly hard, but it's not like a guy, you know, on the mound throwing ninety five plus, right? I mean, this is more of a very honed skill that you're incredibly good at. Not easy to do, but they're these guys are very much replaceable and some of them you hear the same names over and over and over again, and they keep their gigs. But aside from that, I think it speeds up the game. I think it makes it more accurate. It'd be a little bit of an adjustment and weird that there wouldn't be somebody standing back there, or I don't know exactly know how they would do it, but it makes a lot of sense to me. 312-981-7200. Great to talk to James McCann. I uh, really appreciate him jumping on. Quick timeout, 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly with you till 7.30. That's when Andy Mazur will take over. Let's make sure Mazur's working, so we brought him in here. Hi, Andy. I'm, I'm taking over, man. You're ready to rock. You're ready to roll. Let's do this. What do you think, man? What do we think? Robot umpire. Is it coming? Do you like it? What are the Mazer thoughts? You're an old school guy. Yeah, I'm an old school guy, but I'm also tired of the, uh, this is my strike zone. This is the way I see it. No, 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 no. Listen, pal, there's a rule book that says (laughs) from the letters to the knee. I knew this was good to bring you in here. You kind of hate umpires. The letters to the knee, right? 17 inches is the diameter of the plate. 17 inches is the diameter of the strike zone. I don't know how long it, how tall it is because it depends on your uh, your your player, your player's height and everything like that. But you know, there's there's also that human element. I mean, who are we going to get mad at? We can't get mad at a robot, right? Well, that's so I'm getting texts here. 815 Carm, no robot umpire. We need a human element in the game. What? No manager coming out to protest, getting thrown out? No. Did you see kicking dirt on a, on a robot? But see, here's the thing. It's not the robot behind the plate. There's actually a human being behind the plate because there's an earpiece that he has. You, you know you know how you get all this uh, this analytical data now from StatCast? It's because of this this thing called TrackMan. It, it measures distance of the home runs. It measures everything else. And it uses Doppler radars, what it does. That is gonna, that's what they're using in the, in, in the Atlantic League right now. To call balls and strikes. Now there are there are flaws in the system, which is why there's an umpire, an actual umpire behind the plate, because a ball could technically bounce in front of home plate, jump up and cross home plate at the knees, and TrackMan sees that as a strike, but it's not a strike. Okay, so basically, though, literally anybody could be back there. Well, yeah, uh, anybody but us, probably. No, I think we could do it. I'm not really sure I want to do that. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred robot umpires. 
I, I listen. I think that I believe in accuracy. Mm-hmm. I believe in uh, efficiency. Okay. Let's. We don't like some umpires. They you know they take their sweet time back there. There's a lot going on. The umpire could still be back there. He still got. He still has to get the balls from the ball boy and throw it back to the pitcher. Right. There's that. He's, Foul tips. He's, you know those he, kind of things. Trackman can't see. Right. He's still going to get paid and. You're still going to have plays at the plate or whatnot, so you'll still get your occasional argument. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to completely go away. See, the biggest thing, now, there are a couple of things here, because actual pitching coaches these days actually have heat maps on the umpire so they can tell where they're calling their balls and strikes, where their tendencies are, where you can get away with maybe two or three inches on the inside corner, or maybe you can get away with two or three inches on the outside corner. He's not going to call the high, but he'll call the low. They have scouting reports on the umpires. And what is the scouting report on uh, our guy Joe West? He does. He likes. It's the. He, you have to get it above the knee, right? Yeah, it's a cheeseburger level. Yeah. Yeah. He. he does, and then he does the very slow, delayed okay. point, which is very hard for us play-by-play broadcasters well, out killed, there, right, Andy? He, he killed me the other day completely. I mean, uh, Yomer Sanchez put the bat down and took the little shin guard off and was walking toward first, and then he. I think what happened was that uh, Joe was a little angry that he assumed it was a ball and called it a strike. Now, here's the other thing. So that's the human thing, by the way. Well, here's the other thing. Joe West is one of the biggest complainers about how long the game lasts. Call the rulebook strike zone, and you know what? Watch how fast the game goes. That would help. Watch how fast the game goes. That would help. Do you think they're going to do this? Probably not. I I think that this is kind of an appeasement thing that, uh, hey, we'll try it at the minor league level. We'll see what they say. You know, it, the, the roundabout way, this, this is, I call this passive aggressiveness by MLB toward, okay. the, toward this very powerful uh, umpires union. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to, well, saying, hey, well, we're just trying it. You know, th- th- there's no harm in trying it. And at the same time, you know, kind of letting the umpires union know that, you know, hey. How did the umpires union get so powerful? They're, yeah. they're umpires. And they had a walkout and they had a strike in, I believe it was 99. Or, I remember that. Yeah, and there were guys that are current umpires right now that that walked and came back. So I don't know what you know what the thought is on that. Listen, I, I, they should make a fair wage. I'm not trying to. Well, you know, if you're, there's no home games. Obviously, you're you know there's no in between innings for these guys. They're out there on the field the entire game, but they're being paid handsomely to do it. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there's no sympathy well here. I'm not. I'm not saying that either. I, I think replay is starting to show some of the flaws that they have, and replay is starting to show um, some of the, the the things that do get into the way. Now, listen, because a first base umpire, when the ball bounces in the dirt before it hits the glove, good luck. It's it's a it's a guessing game because you can't have one eye on the base and one eye on the ball. I mean, it, it goes by sound. They're listening for the sound of the ball hitting the glove. And they're listening for the sound of the foot hitting the base. And if you take one of those away, it's a guessing game, which is why a lot of times you see that on a bang-bang play at first base. If the first baseman made a great scoop and dug it out, it's difficult for that umpire to make that call because you can't hear that sound. It's it's impressive how they get so many calls right. It's true. And it's also they're not perfect, and you do see consistently that they miss calls. They do. And, and the problem that I have is not so much the missed calls. It's the arrogance about the missed call. It's tough. And it's, it's tough. You know, I can, How I can, dare you challenge me? Basically, you know, Some I, of that, for sure. Basically, it's you know there, there's a certain amount of umpires, and I think you guys all know their names. Uh, one of them's initials is Angel Hernandez. And he gets very upset when you, know, you 
dare question the call that he has made, even though he has proven to be wrong by by replay. You know, replay, I was a little bit worried about how that was going to be used and how, how much longer it would delay the game, but you have to look at uh, the integrity of things and try to keep it so that it's that it's it's a correct call and you don't lose a game like, you know, Don Denkinger back in the World Series in 85. That's the worst it can do. I mean, that's one of those things where you, you can't have a game end like that. You can't have a game be decided by, uh, you know, an umpire's call. But then again, you would argue that you can't take the human element away. That's why you don't want the robots. I think we're going to get there. Yeah, I don't think we are. I, I, it'll, it won't be tomorrow, but yeah. I, I think eventually we'll get it's there. Gonna be a, if, if it happens, it's going to be a long while because Ooh. they're going to have to perfect this whole, you know, system between oh, you know, no, the but track no. man and the and the earpiece and things of that nature. So, well, I, yeah, and, and I don't think anybody thought we'd get a replay either. And it's no, here. it's true, it's so, true. So we'll see. Uh, what's coming up on the pregame today? We're going to hear from Ricky today. Uh, Ricky's got some thoughts about uh, tonight's starter, Hector Santiago, of a former Angel in his own right, and. Uh, you know, that interesting relationship, I know you talked to James McCann, but uh, the interesting relationship between Giolito and McCann is something that uh, Ricky is uh, chatting about here today as well. All right, there we go. James James McCann enjoying the 11-strikeout, 13-strikeout Lucas Giolito just fire, snapping off curveballs, yeah. firing seeds. That, that's why they say it, right? Yep. Throwing seeds. Throwing seeds. Throwing the pill. Throwing know. the pill. Yeah, you know, the most Hur- Hurling the snake. The most impressive thing, though, from McCann, I, I never forget going back to spring training when he first caught his uh, the, the bullpen session of Giolito's. Yeah, and he, he looked at Giolito and said, "You know, when I was with the Tigers, we knew yeah, which that, guy we were getting. That was awesome. He, and we, if you were if you were on the you know just sitting there and pouting and blah blah blah, we, we knew we could get to you. And you know, when you were dominant, you were great, and we knew that we were in for a long day. See, nothing like a, f- a new teammate slash somebody who competed against you." Telling you that should motivate you more. Yeah, I mean that is that's you a think good, you're hiding it, but yeah, at the same time, these guys are like, no, we knew. Yeah, well, he was, you know, he. I give James McCann a ton of credit right there. I'm not going to be afraid to tell you this. Mm-hmm. I'm your teammate now. I'm trying yeah. to help you. If you're yeah. going to be, if you're going to have a problem with it, then that's on you. And and credit to Lucas for taking it to heart and 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 everything else that he. It, it wasn't just that he he reworked although he, Lucas downplays how much he reworked his mechanics yeah i know so it's it's, it's a matter of the arm swing and you know the more the more important thing i think for him is the uh, the relaxation methods that he's going through now and the breathing <sighs> it, it's it, it kind of resets him because you remember last year one bad pitch would lead to another bad pitch and another bad pitch and next thing you know you're down five runs he he stems tides now he he does limit damage and he gets out of innings Easier now than he did before. It's a huge, huge skill. Congrats yeah. to Lucas for for coming a long, long way with that one. Andy, we'll see you at seven thirty. You got it. All right, quick timeout news coming up. It's White Sox weekly till seven thirty. Andrew Dahlquist, White Sox third round draft pick, will be with us right after seven o'clock on seven twenty WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox seven twenty WGN. 720 WGN. This is White Sox Weekly. My name is Mark Carmen. Hope you're having a great Saturday. White Sox and Angels coming up tonight. But we go down to the desert where the third round pick, Andrew Dahlquist out of Redondo Union High School is on the line. Andrew, when did you get an inkling that the White Sox might be drafting you? Because I think originally you were planning on going to Arizona, but then things changed. Yeah, a few weeks before the draft, my uh, advisor at the time, now he's my agent, Garrett Parcell, um, he kind of broke it down and said, there's a few teams that are in on you, and the White Sox are one of them. So that was the first time that I was like, okay, 
the White Sox are really in on me. Did you feel super excited at that point? Were you thinking, eh, I really want to go to college? What was going on in the mind? Um, I was kind of in between. I was I was really excited about the opportunity to play professional baseball for sure, but um, college also sounded good to me. So um, come draft day when the White Sox made the call uh, and I accepted their offer, it was uh, I got really excited and I'm ready to go. Yeah, so you get drafted in the third round, and now, you, now all of a sudden you're having a negotiation that is you know life changing money for anyone, let alone someone who's 18 years old. What was that process like? Figuring out, you know what? Here's the here's my dream. It's right here for me. They want to pay me too. Uh, this is pretty. I mean, this is this this thing doesn't ha- happen to most 18 year olds, right? So I'm just trying to understand like what it's like to go through that process. Yeah, it's just I broke it down with my family, my um, advisor, and he advised me about how much I should ask for and what he thought I could get. So um, just thought about it with my family, thought about what would be right for myself and my future, my career, and uh, life in general. So I came down to it. I picked a number, which was life-changing money for me, and uh, I went with it. What did mom and dad have to say during the process? Uh, They were very supportive. They just wanted what was best for me, so they always have and always will. So it was awesome that they were 100% supporting me no matter what I did. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're a good student, right? Like 4.0 GPA good student? Uh, Yes, sir. Who did you, uh, where did the motivation to do well in the classroom come from? Was that more mom, dad, both? What what kind of background are we dealing with? It was a combination of both of them. They're big on education, and uh, they really wanted me from the time I was young all the way up till now to get a college degree, and um, they helped me set up set that up for the future. So um, it was both of them. They always were like, you got to do all your homework. You have to go to school every day. It's like school came first, and then you could go and do your fun activities. Did you have to play the piano, too? No, I didn't play the piano. I played the trumpet a little bit when I was in middle school. There you go. There you go. Uh, what What do your parents do, if I may ask? Uh, yeah, my dad's an aerospace engineer. He works for Northrop Grumman. Oh, my God. And my mom is, like, uh, an office assistant with a small, like, tax company that's based out of L.A. So you got some you got some brain power being passed down here, Andrew. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yes. Who was the sports fan who kind of brought you along? And I know you have a brother as a pitcher as well. Uh, is it just the two of you? Yes, it's just uh, me and my brother Matthew. So okay, so explain to me how the the sports came to be as as a kid, and you started on your path to being where you're at right now. Uh, my parents just put both me and my brother into like. We played some soccer when we were younger. We played some baseball. We played some flag football. So it was kind of they just put us in a bunch of different sports, and uh, both of us uh, gravitated towards baseball and took it from there. How old were you when you started playing it year-round? Year-round, maybe like 10 or 11, maybe 12 I was playing year-round, but I didn't do too much with like the youth travel ball and stuff when I was younger at all, so... It was kind of like high school was when I was really like, okay, I'm going to start taking this super seriously. Did uh, your coach, who I've read, he's, you know, your high school baseball coach had some incredibly nice things to say about you. Um, Andy Diver, Diver. He said he's probably the most dominant high school I've seen in a long time. That's one of them. When did he communicate to you that, hey, Andrew, 
you, you got a lot of talent here, and if you you know if you hone in here, who knows what the future will be? I'm assuming some conversation like that happened. Yeah, so for me, he was my coach for the last two years of my high school, and he came in um, right before my junior year, and he was kind of like, "You're really good. I think you can. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna help you get into college and play in college because he thought I could do that." And then coming back for my senior year, he uh, um, really helped me out throughout the process and um, put me in the right situation and gave me a lot of guidance through. Um, the MLB part of the process. I read where he put you on a long toss program, and that ended up boosting your velocity from you know high eighties, low nineties to the mid nineties. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, he and I sat down together and figured out what we were going to do to get me coming back for this um, my senior season. And long toss was included in that throwing a good throwing program to get me set up, and um, I. Gained a lot of strength in the off season too, so I think that plus the long toss program combined um, really helped out my velocity numbers. Was that strength weightlifting or flexibility? Both? What would you say? Um, a little bit of both, probably more weightlifting though. Okay, okay. And your senior year didn't go all too bad, right? What was it nine and zero with a one point seven eight ERA? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> Were you? I don't know. Impressing yourself that whoa, this is, I didn't think I was going to get to this level where I could where I could dominate hitters to the point that um, you know I, I get. I'm, I'm assuming you felt like you were when you were going out there that no one was going to touch you. Yeah, it, I did feel like that sometimes. Other times, it's like this is a good team. I got to really hone in, hit my spots, mix up speeds to keep the hitters off time. But yeah, I uh, it was kind of awesome experience for me just to be able to go out there and um, compete and. Um, help my team get a win every time I went out there. Number one pitch is your fastball. Number two, the curveball. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I'm watching your curveball, Andrew, on the scouting tapes. It looks pretty nasty to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And when I get it to move straight down is when I think it's the best and always working on getting it the perfect shape to it. So it's a work in progress, but over time it should hopefully develop into a good pitch for me. Yeah. So, what's been going on in instructionally? How how's that gone? And what what are they teaching you? Or how what do they what do they want to see from you? Um, it's been fun so far. I've pitched in one game the other day, and I'm going to pitch again tomorrow. So, been really working on just um, keeping more directional, straight to the plate, and not opening up my upper the upper part of my body, and uh, just refining mechanics mostly. What do you guys stay in a dorm down there? How does that work? I uh, know me and uh, my roommate Matt Thompson um, have our own little um, two bedroom, two bath apartment kind of thing. Okay, that's now that's the White Sox second round picks uh, straight out of Texas. How how are you getting along with Matt? That could be uh, you guys could you know spend some time together over the next I don't know five, six, seven, ten years. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I really like him. He's a good guy. So we've gotten to know each other a little bit better over the past uh, month or so that we've been down here. So it's been a lot of fun. I would I would think there's just maybe some natural competition too, right? You're both trying to make your way and you're figuring it out. That's a that's a good guy to have around to push you. Yeah, definitely. I think we can work together, push each other to be um to get better and be the best forms of ourselves. Andrew Dalk was with us here on seven twenty WGN. It's White Sox Weekly, third round pick out of California. Was gonna go to Arizona, but now is a Chicago White Sox. What what do you like to do for fun, Andrew? 
Um, when I'm back home, I really enjoy going to the beach in the summer, hanging out with my friends, and uh, playing some baseball. It's not that that California lifestyle is not too bad, is it? No, it's it's quite awesome to be honest with you. <laughs> you can't really beat it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get. It. How do you even go to school out there? Right? It's so beautiful. You go to the beach at any time. You get that takes real discipline. Yeah, um, for me. Definitely my parents were ones that pushed me to go to school every day. So um, my free time is my free time. But when it comes to school, I really got to focus. Yeah. What's your best intelligent, fun activity? Like, are you elite at, I don't know what the kids play nowadays. When I was a kid, it was Boggle, Scrabble, like that level stuff. I would I would almost throw Monopoly as an intellectual brilliancy that you have to have to really dominate a Monopoly. Was there any, was there any family games like that? Yeah, we did play some Monopoly when I was younger. That was always fun to get competitive with my brother and really mostly my brother and my dad. Uh, we had some fun times playing Monopoly. I do remember that. Okay. Those were fun times. Okay. And your brother, your brother's still in high school, right? Yes, he is going to be a junior this year. And he's a pitcher too? Yep, pitcher, infielder. Does he have the same aspirations as his older brother? Yes, I think so. We've always kind of pushed each other, and I think he's looked up to me for most, if not all, his life to be kind of like he always wants to follow in my footsteps. Wow, wow. Well, that's got to feel good right there, right? Yeah, it is quite cool that I can uh, hopefully be a role model for him. Yeah. Who have you heard from from uh, the White Sox organization so far? Um, uh, down here, Chris Getz came by for a little bit. He's the farm director. Um Champ is the pitching coordinator he's been working with, Matt and myself, um, a little bit over the past month or so. Those are the two biggest ones. Okay. But so no calls from Lucas Giolito or Dylan Cease or anybody like that? No, no, no not them. Um, Manny Benuelos was down here rehabbing a little bit, so I talked to him for a little bit. Kopech's down here, too. So it's been kind of fun to talk to them about their experiences. Yeah, how's how's Michael doing? Let's get it, let's get an update from you. What how's he look? Um, I think he's I think he's doing well. I can't tell you how he's coming along, but I've seen him throw a bullpen and he looked pretty good. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Andrew. Uh, it's, it seemed you would call yourself a late bloomer, would you not? I mean this this was not necessarily expected to be how it turned out, and all of a sudden you're here. Does it feel surreal? A little bit, yeah. I think when um, I came back from my senior year of high school, it was kind of like, wow, the scouts are here. They're all watching me. And it was kind of like I was expecting them to kind of go away. But as the spring went on, it just uh, became more and more of a reality for me that playing professional baseball at this point in my life was a true possibility. Are your friends treating you the same? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, I love all my friends back home and, uh, They've been great. They supported me all throughout this whole process. So it's been awesome having them to just go hang out with. And um, they've just been awesome. Yeah. And just to be clear, you're, you're going to do the instructional league for the rest of this year. And uh, they'll figure out uh, where they're going to send you to start next year. But you don't anticipate pitching in any games the rest of the way here, correct? Um, no, I'm going to pitch an inning, I think, tomorrow. And then I have one more start before the end of the um, AZL season. And okay. then, yeah, going, coming back for instructs in oh. uh, September and early October. And then after that, it's just the off season. So that'll be it. Okay. All right. 
Well, great to talk to you. Appreciate you taking time. Congratulations. Good luck. And uh, we look forward to following your path along the minor leagues here, my friend. And uh, we'll see you at Guaranteed Rate Field somewhere down the line. Yes, that's the goal. Thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Andrew Dahlquist, White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly to the bottom of the hour. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Andrew Dahlquist, 847 texting in. That kid is 18. More mature than some adults I know. Go, Andrew. I mean, I'm sitting there talking to him. You're 18. Let me think about that. 18 times 2 is 36. Okay, so I'm more than double your age. Let's add 10, and then you get to Carm. And you're probably more mature than I am. That was that. That is one impressive dude. White Sox have just a lot of intelligent guys. Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, throw Dahlquist in there. A lot of high, a lot of a lot of significant brain power. I've talked about that on more than one occasion, but it was just it was very apparent with Andrew. And you know, I was reading up about him before. I'm like, this guy got a four zero. You had a four zero GPA. You weren't expected to be anywhere near the major leagues and on that radar. And then all of a sudden you do an off-season programming uh, plan where you, you tick up your velocity from the high 80s, which is obviously huge for a college guy or for a high school guy, but that's you're going to pitch in college. Now you're throwing 93 to 95. Now you're getting noticed by everyone. Now the White Sox are drafting you, and now you're a multimillionaire. And you're 18. That's uh, that's quite a turn. All right, honor Chicago police and fire departments on Thursday, August 22nd, as the White Sox take on the Rangers at 7.10 p.m. For police and fire night, first 10,000 fans receive a police and fire t-shirt. It's presented by UL for more than a century. UL has been committed to fire safety. Learn more at ul.com slash fire. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash pdfd or call 866-SOX-GAME. Let's do our week in review as it uh, was a good week for the White Sox, although it did start with the Astros beating the Sox in the, the first game of the series. Monday night was rained out. Game one was a 6-2 Houston win with Zach Greinke uh, picking up his second Houston win. Dylan Cease took the loss, but Eloy was out there. So I think there's some payback here, right? Um, yes, that's it. And there's a line shot left center field. That's going to get down up against the wall. Abreu heading toward third, getting the green light. And the relay throw from Altuve toward the plate. Not going to be in time. Slotting in safely as Abreu. And the White Sox are on the board. On the double by Jimenez. It's now 2-1 Astros. Showing the good speed right there. Game two, the nightcap. Ivanova hits great. And Adam Engel came through. This is swinging a line drive left. Face it. Around third. And a run in for the Sox on a single by Engel. The Wednesday game, White Sox won that game 4-1, so the series evened up at a game apiece. And Wednesday was for the rubber match of the series and the rubber match of the season series as they split four games earlier this year down in Houston. 9-9 game late, and that uh, ended up going to the White Sox 13-9. Here was Eloy. Eloy at home plate, waiting to drive one, and the pitch. 
Swinging a long one. Center field. Marisnik track. At the wall. It's gone. Turn on the fireworks. He was not looking for one. He got one. He hit it on top of everything. It came straight down, bringing rain with it into the top bush and straight away center field. Go Eloy. Let's go game one against the Angels. White Sox rallied late, made it interesting in the ninth. Uh, Los Angeles taking it 8-7. But Jose Abreu playing long ball. 2-1 the count. The 2-1 swung on high drive. Left center field. This ball's getting small. Hit the track. Upton with the leap. It's gone. We're even at two. I like that farm. You're getting small. Very well done. And then lastly, yesterday, Lucas Giolito, 11 more strikeouts. Giolito from the set. Check of the runners. And the 1-2. Struck him out swinging. Giolito has his 11th. And he works around two base runners. One at first and one at third. As we go to the seventh, White Sox leading three to two. And Lucas ended up getting the win, his thirteenth on the season. Farmio on with us earlier says he's telling Lucas twenty, twenty, twenty wins. Lucas Giolito, think about twenty. So let's do the math on there. We need seven more. Could be done. Gonna have to stay hot, get hot, stay hot. But uh, Lucas now thirteen and six. Hector, Sa- Hector Santiago starts tonight. Dylan sees tomorrow. We'll take a final timeout, wrap up White Sox Weekly next, 720 WGN. Hey, Sox fans, secure your seat for the 2020 season. Now you can place a deposit for 2020 ticket packages to get first access to the best seats, the best prices, the best benefits. Secure your seat today and don't miss any of the action in 2020. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. One update from AAA, the Knights winning a ball game 7-6. Dylan Covey started five innings, he gave up five runs, struck out five. Good news there is that he didn't walk anyone. Uh, and offensively, Nick Madrigal was one for four. Yohan Mankata rehabbing was two for four. Uh, Daniel Polka one for four with a homer. Zach Collins two for three with a double. And a walk, Luis Robert, one of the rare days for him where he went 0-4-4. Thank yous today. Curtis Koch producing the program, doing an awesome job as per always. We had guests today, James McCann, live from the stadium. That was awesome. James on the show. Andrew Dahlquist on the program. Farmio kicking it off to us uh, to start the show. And Andy Mazur stopping on by as well. I will have your post game tonight after hopefully a White Sox win. Andy Mazur is going to have your pregame show coming right on up. 